Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sniffin' Lines with Hunter Mickles. We got a lot to talk about tonight. A lot to talk about tonight. I'm going to recap my week three picks. Didn't go over too well. Uh, It's all right. No worries. We're going to recap them. After that, we're going to talk about a couple other notable games uh, that I wanted to get into. Not too many, just three or four. After that, we're going to recap the potential upsets because a couple of them went all right. Other couple, yikes. But we'll get into those. And then we're going to finish off the episode uh, looking at a few early lines for week four that I really like. That I hope you guys follow me. I already got the picks in. All four winners, no doubt about it. Uh, So, long episode. Let's get right into it. Let's just get started here. Recap in week three. We're going to start with Friday night's game. Air Force minus 16. That didn't go well. This game pissed me off. I watched this one start to finish. Air Force... They run the option. Coming into this game, they were averaging 508.5 rushing yards per game. Jeez, I don't even think they came within 400 yards of that. It was it was ridiculous to watch. Uh, they refused to go away from their game plan, which was trying to run it down Wyoming's throat. Absolutely refused to go away from it. There's a couple plays, third and six, third and seven where they just handed it off to the fullback. It's like, what are you guys doing? I I understand you guys are a run-heavy team, but their quarterback made plays in the air when he had to make plays. He had a long touchdown pass. I don't know why they didn't trust him a little more to throw the ball or at least do some, some triple option plays. Just put the ball in your quarterback's hands. He made plays when it mattered the most. Titus Swen for Wyoming, he's our, he's our starting running back. He had... 102 yards. He ran all over him. He had 102 yards, averaged like over five yards a carry. I believe he had like a 43-yard run taken away because of um, a holding call. So, I don't know. I Air Force did not play like I thought they would, being the favorites in the Mountain West right now. They they played like shit. They lost that game 17-14. to 14. So, start. I started the week 0-1, tough, but we were looking to bounce back. So, moving on. The first game of Saturday, I'd Purdue pick them. Just needed them to win. Damn, I thought I had it. Lost on a touchdown pass with seven seconds left. And boy, oh boy, was I upset. They're up 29 to 25. And their defense gave up about a 30-yard touchdown pass to lose. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, I mean, Purdue's offense looks legit. Like... Aiden O'Connell to Charlie Jones, that is a scary duo. Charlie Jones is probably going to win some awards in the Big Ten this year, maybe Big Ten Wide Receiver of the Year. He is a stud. He had 10 receptions, 179 yards, and a touchdown. Really disappointing to see because uh, my favorite team, Iowa, had him last year, and he had a total of like 21 catches. So that's pretty pretty shitty so that's a heartbreak heartbreaker loss to go 0 and 2 on the week but it is what it is purdue loses 32 29 auburn plus three this one was just horrible auburn fucking sucks their coach is probably going to get fired before the end of the year uh he they i don't know they looked like absolute dog shit on the field i really thought their stadium was gonna 
bring enough hype for Auburn to keep this close. They got they got blown out 41 to 12. Nick Singleton, true freshman running back for Penn State. Holy shit, does he look even better than Saquon Barkley did at Penn State? 10 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. This is coming off a week where he had 10 carries for 179 yards against Ohio. The guy's a stud. Penn State found a really good running back, and he's going to be scary in the Big Ten for the next few years. Penn State was also plus four on the turnover uh, differential, so that's a huge, huge part uh, of that game. TJ Finley for Auburn fucking sucks. Jesus Christ, get him off the field. He is not a D1 quarterback. Absolutely horrible. Uh, Moving on to Georgia Tech. I had Georgia Tech plus 16.5. It just... There's not much to talk about in this game. Ole Miss's defense looked a lot better than I thought it would. Georgia Tech only had 214 yards. Uh, It's just a horrible loss. Ole Miss is scary. The defense keeps playing like that, especially with that offense that they got. Lane Kiffin's got a special team down there, I think. They beat Georgia Tech 42 to nothing. Moving on, this first win of the week right here. Can I get a round of applause? Started 0-4. Liberty, plus 16.5. I said exactly what was going to happen. Caden Salter is an absolute stud. He had 256 yards through the air, another 77 on the ground. I said that's what that's what he needed to do. Wake Forest D looked iffy the first couple weeks of the season they come out against a dual threat quarterback and he he ran all over him he threw all over him still lost the game but he had damn near 300 and 330 yards in that game uh wake forest their offense is good defense questionable they only ran the ball 17 times and nine of them were by their quarterback hartman uh, only 24 total rushing yards in that game by Wake Forest. Uh, I'm not really sure what their plan is, but that's not going to win them a lot of games if they're one-dimensional like that. So Wake Forest needs to figure this sh- their shit out a little bit. They got Sam Hartman as quarterback. They need to figure out a run game or teams are going to stop them because they're too one-dimensional. Uh, Wake Forest walks away with a 37-36 to win. I had Mississippi State minus 2.5 here against LSU. I hyped Will Rogers up a little too much. I mean, I still think he's a good player, but he's not the stud I was saying he was in the last episode. He played like absolute dog shit. 57% completion percentage after coming into the game with a 79% completion percentage. Only 214 yards. Just did not play well at all. I, I credit LSU's defensive backs. A lot of people thought uh, Mississippi State, just like me, a lot of people thought Mississippi State was going to throw all over him. It is what it is. It didn't happen. Jaden Daniels for LSU. Boy, oh boy. He is a baller. 210 passing yards, 93 rushing yards. He's fast, and he's got a cannon of an arm on him. LSU, after that week one loss against Florida State, has looked a lot better. Brian Kelly, I hate the guy, might have it figured out down there. Still won't be that good. Over under for win total still at seven and a half. So I don't know if Daniels can keep playing like that though at quarterback. LSU could be 
could be scary, could put up some points in the SEC. So look out for their overs if they keep playing like this. Akron plus 47. I really only took this because I thought it was too many points. I thought Akron could maybe put up 10 to 17 on uh, on Tennessee's defense. Even that wouldn't have been enough to cover. They lost 63 to 6. Hendon Hooker is legit for um, for Tennessee, their quarterback. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's super accurate with his passes. He can run the ball if needed. But he had 24 yards on two carries, 218 passing yards, which I know it doesn't sound like too much, but, or excuse me, 298 passing yards. Doesn't sound like too much, but he, he barely played. They won 63 to six. They probably took him out in the third quarter. So that one was a loss. Go figure. Moving on. I had over 62 in the Ohio state game. I mean, Ohio state scored 77 points on their own. So this one was just a lock as soon as the game started. It was like 28-14 to 14 at the end of the first quarter. Ohio State looked damn good. Granted, they were playing Toledo. C.J. Stroud played like a stud. 367 yards, five touchdowns. Basically exactly what I thought would happen in this game. Ohio State would just kill him. Didn't think they'd kill him this bad, but they did. That's a, That one hit. Moving on, Texas Tech plus 10. Uh, they lost by 13, 27 to 14. It was a pretty close game. Backup just couldn't get it done. 214 yards, two picks, negative nine rushing yards on like 15 carries. Granted, I'm sure some of those were sacks, but yeah, he just couldn't get it done. NC State has a pretty good rushing attack. They got two solid, ru- two solid running backs. Both had 50 yards on less than 15 carries. So. Texas Tech plus 10 just didn't hit, is what it is. We move on. They get their starter back. We'll look at their game this week against Texas, maybe later on if the line moves a little bit. We'll see. Uh, Next one I had was Michigan State plus 3.5. They honestly didn't play that bad. Rushing game was bad, though. But the like other than that, offense didn't didn't move the ball that bad. Uh, They had 43 total rushing yards, which is... Not usually what Michigan State does. You think they could run it down a Pac-12 team's throat? Couldn't get it done. Only 43 yards. Peyton Thorne, though, 323 yards in the air, three touchdowns. That's what Michigan State needs. They haven't had a legit quarterback in a while. I mean, if he can play like that, Michigan State could be scary in the Big Ten, but they need to figure out their rushing game first. Uh, Washington starting quarterback, former Indiana quarterback Michael Penix, he played out of his ass. He was so good. He showed why he had Heisman hype coming into last season. 397 yards, four touchdowns. Threw it all over Michigan State's defense. That's something Michigan State needs to figure out coming into Big Ten play as well. Teams are going to attack that secondary if they play like that again. So Michael Penix, good for him. 397 yards, four touchdowns. Washington wins 39-28 at home. Michigan State does not cover. Moving on. Game of the week right here. This is the reason I did not lose as much units as I figured I would this week. Texas A&M minus five and a half. They relied on their defense heavily. And honestly, I do not know how they won. I really don't. Their offense played like shit. Can't, couldn't move the ball to save their lives. I'll tell you why they covered. Miami missed two field goals in the red zone, I believe. Or at least right outside of the red zone. I think they were in the red zone, though. Texas A&M's defense played well enough to win. 
They got a little lucky with those two missed field goals, but I mean, we'll take a win. But Texas A&M has to figure something out because they played just as poorly as they played against App State. They Miami ran 77 plays. Texas A&M only ran 52 plays. Granted, that's a lot better than last week against against App State when App State ran 82 compared to Texas A&M's 38. But 77 to 52 is still something that is not going to win you football games usually. Miami had the ball for 34 and a half minutes. A&M had it for 25 and a half minutes. Only one turnover for Miami was the only turnover in the game. I'm, I watched a little bit of this game at the bar. I was cheering hard for A&M. I rewatched it yesterday at home. I watched the one-hour version. I do not know how A&M won this game. Those two missed field goals, sure, whatever. That's only six points. They still won 17-9. They still would have won the game if you would have made those two field goals. I, A&M got lucky. They rode the 12th man. Penalties wasn't even that big of a difference. It was like 5 for 50 for Miami, 3 for 40 for A&M. I'm not too sure how they won this game. But we'll take it. Minus 5.5 game of the week. I won money. Eastern Michigan plus 20.5. Wow. This was something I didn't see coming. They they beat Arizona State straight up 30-21. to 21. Arizona State sucks. They fired Herm Edwards as soon as this game was over which I don't fully understand. I don't think he's the problem. He's 26 and 20 since he was hired in 2018. Granted, they're one and two this year now, but I don't know. I think firing them was a little, little premature. Uh, Samson Evans for Eastern Michigan. Boy, is he a stud. 36 carries for 259 yards and a touchdown. Samson Evans, remember that name. He might have some games coming up. They got Buffalo this week. I believe they're four-and-a-half-point favorites right now. I don't like that, but I do want to look at Samson's props when they come out, see what his rushing yards is at, because he's had over 100 yards in every game this year. Might be looking might be looking to take that. Eastern Michigan plus 20-and-a-half, that hit. Those are all the games I uh, – I picked this week, not that great of a week for me. I went four and eight, but my game of the week hit, so I went down 1.1 unit. I only lost a unit, which is, I wish I would have won a unit. That'd be nice, but we'll take that for a week where I won 33% of my bets. So four and eight. Down 1.1 unit, whatever. We move on. I like some lines this week so far already. I already got them in. I hope you guys follow. I'll get into those here a little bit later in the show. Moving on, though, a couple games I want to talk about. The first one, Iowa versus Nevada. I want to get into this because Nevada gave up 600-plus yards to Incarnate Word last week, and Iowa proceeded to only... Get a total of 337 total yards in this game. 175 passing, 162 rushing. Uh, That 162 rushing, 55 came on one touchdown run by Caleb Johnson, who I'll get into him in a little bit. He is a a stud. So I don't understand 
what Brian Ferentz is doing. If his play calling is really that bad or if our players are really just that bad. I know where a quarterback is, but 337 total yards against a team that gave up 600 plus to an FCS opponent last week. What in the fuck is Brian doing on the sideline? I was at the game after like the last delay at like 1245. So let me tell you, those college kids had some drinks in them. That was the last thing Brian and Spencer needed. They were screaming at Brian. They were screaming at Spencer. I always got to figure their shit out. They go to Rutgers this week. Seven and a half point favorites right now. I don't even think they win. And we're playing fucking Rutgers. Let's say we do sneak by Rutgers though. Michigan comes to Kinnick in two weeks. I was going to lose 52 to nothing. I was not going to score a point against Michigan's defense. Iowa fucking sucks on offense. I don't understand what they see in Spencer Petrus. The guy sucks. I'm sorry. I've had enough of his bullshit. He went 14 to 26 with one touchdown, and that touchdown was a horrible fucking throw. Arlen Bruce was wide open in the end zone. Spencer almost overthrew the guy. He had to die for it for a touchdown. Wide open. All he, had, he could have threw it underhand to Arlen, and it would have been a touchdown. He almost overthrew him. It was a great catch by Arlen. Then, one of his throws down the field to Nico Regini. I don't know how it was not intercepted. It was underthrown. Ball went right through the defender's arms, right into Nico's hands. Luckiest play for Petrus I've ever seen. He, I don't know, man. Petrus is not a D1 quarterback. He probably wouldn't even start for a D2 team. They, he can't He can't play anymore. He just can't. It's not good for him. All right. On, on a happier note, though, I'm sorry. I ranted a little bit there. On a happier note, Caleb Johnson, true freshman running back for Iowa. Holy shit, is he a stud. Seven carries, 103 yards, and two touchdowns. He ran with a purpose, too. Like, he looked so much better than the two Williams running backs that Iowa has. He hit the holes hard. When he got hit, he bounced off the first hit. Caleb Williams is a stud. He's going to be a great running back for Iowa, especially if they can figure out their offensive line and block for him. He should be the starting running back moving forward for the Iowa Hawkeyes. If he's not, actually, I'd, I'd, I bet he isn't because we got Brian Ferentz as an offense coordinator. So actually, we'll see. I hope he starts, but he probably won't. All right, moving on from that game. Iowa wins 27-0, by the way. They covered. I did tell you guys that I think they covered. They ended up covering. Georgia. Georgia's Georgia. I mean, that was that was insane. They, they went into South Carolina and just showed South Carolina that they deserve no hype. They beat them 48-7. Stetson Bennett. Future Heisman pick, by the way, still got that going, is a stud. One rushing touchdown, I think he had two passing touchdowns, barely played in the second half. We'll take that. Michigan, scary good. J.J. McCarthy, their quarterback, is going to be one of the best quarterbacks this year. He might be in the Heisman talk by the end of the year if Michigan has the year. I think they will. They beat UConn. Granted, it's UConn. 59 to nothing. I don't know. Michigan didn't have a good out-of-conference schedule. They played a lot of easy teams, but boy, did they make good work of those easy teams. That's what good teams do. 59 to nothing against UConn. Arkansas, they struggled to beat Missouri State. I don't know if it was a hangover game or something, 
but boy, did they look like shit. They they won thirty eight to twenty seven. So it look you know you look at the score and it's like oh all right they won they won by eleven they won by double digits. I just that doesn't tell the whole story. They outscored Missouri State twenty one to three in the fourth quarter. They were down. They were down twenty four to seventeen going into the fourth quarter. And in that fourth quarter, they had a seventy three yard passing touchdown to the running back Raheem Sanders, KJ Jefferson to Raheem, San- Raheem Sanders. 73 yards, and not even two minutes later, they had an 82-yard punt return for a touchdown. So you look at that score. It doesn't tell the whole story. Arkansas has got to figure their stuff out. They play A&M on a neutral field uh, this this upcoming week. I think it's in Arlington. Arkansas has to figure their stuff out. They can't give up many points to A&M, and their offense needs to kind of figure it out a little bit too because A&M's got a really good defense. So this is not this is not going to be any walk in the park for Arkansas. It's going to be a tough game. I still think Arkansas wins, but it's going to be it's going to be real tough. If their offense doesn't play how it should and their defense struggles like it did against Missouri State, A&M might just look like they figured everything out. Who knows? All right, those are the games I wanted to get into. We're going to move on. We're going to recap my uh potential upsets that I had last week. I mean, first couple just you shouldn't even talk about them. Nebraska, they just suck. Like, holy shit, they're horrible. Mickey Joseph, not getting hired. He fired the defensive coordinator after the game. Like, it was his fault. But ne- Nebraska sucks. Oklahoma, though, Oklahoma might be might be legit. Their defense, I give a lot of credit to Brett Venables from Clemson. He came into Oklahoma, and he turned that team into a legit title contender this year I know they made the playoff in past years you saw the scores of those games they didn't have a defense they couldn't hang with the SEC teams they just couldn't do it they have a defense this year they're they're really good on defense they they look like a brand new brand new program already in year one so I mean good for Good good for Oklahoma, I guess. Their offense is good. Dylan Gabriel, he's a stud. Good for Oklahoma. They got a scary team there in Norman. Georgia against South Carolina. I mean, Georgia's just too good. South Carolina didn't stand a chance. I said it wasn't going to happen on the last podcast. It didn't happen. So you can't hold that against me. Uh, Texas versus UTSA. Texas leaned on their defense like I said they would have to. They only gave up 20 points, which honestly is not that bad against UTSA. UTSA is a, a solid sleeper team. They're not that bad. And I also said they had to run the ball a lot. B. John Robinson, holy smokes, did he have a game. 20 carries, 183 yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, you, you can't ask for anything more than that. I told you guys to take his prop bet over rushing yards. I really hope you guys did. Because, boy, did he beat it by a long shot. And Hudson Carr did end up playing for Texas. He he did what he had to do. You could tell he was hurt out there. He was, he was moving pretty gingerly. He didn't want to get hit. He did what he had to do to win the game. And then moving on, my last potential upset. This one actually happened. Tulane beat Kansas State 17-10. to Kansas State was definitely overlooking Tulane. They were just trying to run the ball and get right past them and just look ahead to Oklahoma. Like, that's exactly what they were doing. But they tried eating the clock a lot. 
that didn't work. Adrian Martinez, when they couldn't eat the clock, it just wasn't good enough to lead him down the field to score a touchdown. He had 150 yards and one touchdown. Like, he didn't turn the ball over, which is surprising. He usually does that. But he just couldn't complete passes. And when he did, they were little five-yard passes, little dinky dinks, not getting them anywhere. So Tulane goes in to Kansas State and wins that game. That's a huge win for Tulane. That is a really bad loss for Kansas State. They they had a big game, big opportunity coming up against Oklahoma here and just couldn't get it done. So could have been undefeated. Nope, 2-1. and one. They don't stand a chance against Oklahoma next week either. Oklahoma's going to fucking kill them. Adrian Martinez is going to get annihilated back there. He's going to turn the ball over a lot. Oklahoma's going to beat him by 20-some. All right. Those are all my picks and then my recapping for potential upsets. I got one last segment I do want to do tonight, and it is my early lines for week four. I have four picks. I had five. But the line changed since I wrote these down last night. It went up like four points. I still might like it. I'll say it, but I I wouldn't recommend taking it that high. But we'll start here. We're going to go Mississippi State minus 30. They play, uh, fuck, who was it? Let me look. Uh, Let me me just bounce back to that game because I know who everyone else plays. Kansas minus eight and a half against Duke. Kansas is legit. Not like legit, legit. Like they're not a team that's going to be a top 10 team, but they're a team that should beat Duke. Kansas has a legit offense, like a scary offense. Jalen Daniels, absolute stud behind center. 566 pass yards this year with seven touchdowns, 237 rushing yards this year with three touchdowns. That guy can move, he is fast. Look for him to run like a 4-5-40 at QB. That is, that's what you need. I say it all the time. A dual-threat quarterback is the most dangerous thing a team can have. Throwing the ball, running the ball, like it, it puts the defense on their heels. So I look for Kansas to cover 8.5 against Duke pretty easily. They're at home. Look for him to stay undefeated before 0. Moving on, Washington State plus 6.5. Uh, let's see here. Cam Ward for Washington State, stud, stud quarterback, 727 yards and eight touchdowns for three games. They beat Wisconsin a couple weeks ago at Wisconsin. They came home, could have had a hangover game last week against Colorado State. Nope. Beat them by 40 plus. Washington State is good. They're at home this week against Oregon. Oregon just had a massive win against BYU. I look for Oregon to have a hangover game here again, and I look for Washington State to take advantage of that. For sure, cover six and a half, maybe even win outright at home. This would be a huge win for Washington State, huge win for their program. Look out for Washington State this year. They have a really good shot at competing in the Pac-12. Michigan minus 17. This one, this one is... Honestly, one of my favorite plays of the week so far. They play Maryland. Granted, Maryland's undefeated. Yeah, so so be it. Who cares? They were undefeated last year when Iowa went there and beat them 52-7. to Maryland is not that good of a team. 
They're massively overhyped this year. This line is way too low. Michigan is way too good to only be favored by 17 at home to start Big Ten play. They're going to come out firing. J.J. McCarthy is going to just be a stud, throw all over him. Blake Corum, Michigan's running back, going to run all over him. I look for Michigan to win this game by 30-plus. Give me Michigan minus 17. And then Mississippi State, I'm getting back to that game. Mississippi State minus 30 against Bowling Green. Bowling Green, fucking look for Mississippi State to bounce back from a horrible loss last week against LSU. Look for, I know I just said I hyped him up maybe a little too much, but I, I just look for Will Rogers to bounce back. Bowling Green's not good. I think Will Rogers can have himself a game. I think they need to bounce back and put up some points. I see him scoring maybe in the 50s, honestly. Minus 30. I think that's I think that's as high as I will go with it. Give me Mississippi State minus 30. And then my last pick, I I said I don't really like it this high. I liked what it opened at, but it's Georgia. They're up to minus 44.5. I loved it at minus 41.5. They play Kent State this week. Kent State is beat up, guys. They've played three Power 5 teams this year. They've had four games. Three of them are against Power 5 teams. I feel horrible for them. They're they just... I just look for Georgia to kill them, honestly. They're bigger. They're better. They're stronger. And they definitely haven't had the schedule that Kent State's had. So, give me Georgia... If it gets down to around minus 41 and a half again, give me Georgia minus 41 and a half. I will not take it. It is at minus 45 and a half right now. That is too high. Um, but if it goes down towards minus 41, minus 41 and a half again, I'd love to take it at that. So I'll go over those again. Mississippi State minus 30. Kansas minus eight and a half. Georgia, if it gets down there, minus 41.5. Washington State, plus 6.5. And, and Michigan, minus 17. I really do like these picks. These are my five. These are like the only five picks I like so far this week. I looked at the lines. I need some lines to move a lot more before I bet anything else. So those five, those five are going to go 5-0 and oh for us if you guys follow me. Trust me, I promise you. So this has been another episode. Had a lot of fun doing this one, too. I just, I really like doing this, guys. I say it every episode. I just, I can't talk football with that many people and talk betting that much. Not a lot of people like football as much as I do, I don't think, or pay attention as much as I do. And I just feel like a nerd talking to them about it, and I feel like it's a burden on them. So I love just talking to myself, and I... I love the people that listen to these things because it re- it re- I do really appreciate it. Like it means the world to me, whoever does listen to it. Hopefully I can win you guys some more money this week. I know last week was pretty bad. Honestly, you'd probably just be better off fading me. If you want to do that, go ahead, but you'll lose money this week. I can promise you that. All right. That'll do it for this episode. I do appreciate you guys listening. Love you guys a lot. This has been Sniffin' Lines with Hunter Mickles. Peace.